Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Well, hello, everyone. We're back again to discuss uh, what we heard this last weekend in worship and to share some ways that we might share that message with our friends and family around us. Um, so I'm joined once again by Pastor Jason, Austin Marshoni, and Aaron Davis. Thanks for joining Hi, me, guys. Yeah, happy to be here. And we're continuing on with our Bible-ish series where we're talking about some um, phrases or verses that are either from the Bible or sound like they're from the Bible, but may not mean what you think they mean. Um, and this week we talked about um, a verse from John 10. And uh, it kind of, the, the, the idea that people latch onto is that God wants me to be happy and to lead an abundant life. Uh, and they Andrew, get that. Can we, can we talk real quick before we jump into this about why it is that, that we want to be uh, tackling these, these things that might mean what not, might not mean what you think they mean? Yeah. especially in the context of conversations with our neighbors, um, kind of what we're after there. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? I wondered if you would put that question back to me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to make the point that it isn't about, it isn't about um, challenging the people around us, correcting the people around us, um, you know, telling them how dumb their ideas are or, you know, what's wrong with their ideas. The idea here with all of these, this, this Bible-ish series, the idea is that there's, there's so much more comfort and truth and hope that we can draw out of these ideas and these passages if we understand them a little bit more fully. So that's what we're after is, is, is not to correct anyone, but simply to bring the full promise of God, um, the full good news of God, the, the, the goodest good news, you might say. And I think pointing out to people that like, you know, in our daily lives, different worlds, different words have different meanings to different people. So I think pointing out our meanings of these words and these verses to people is a really good way to point them to Jesus. It doesn't yep. necessarily yeah. have to mean what the world means. Well, and the idea is there is truth in it, in what, it, you know, as you say, different different understandings, different meanings. There's truth in it. Uh, as Andrew put it, 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 it sounds biblical. It has biblical undertones to it. There's good truth there, but there's so much more available. Uh, so much more hope and, and, and comfort and peace available to our neighbors if, if we can give them a new understanding. And we don't want people to, um, to think that the Bible is promising something it's not. So if they, if they hear, uh, God wants my life to be perfect, um, but that's not really what the verse is saying, they may experience something that's not perfect after following they Jesus. And then they think, well, maybe this whole thing's wrong. So we want to... Or maybe I'm doing it wrong. Sometimes that happens too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, with... so thanks for letting me set the scene there a little bit or yeah, absolutely. that context around it. Yeah. With that context, uh, this week we looked at uh, specifically uh, verse 10 of John chapter 10. Uh, and that says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Um, so in some ways you could see how Jesus wanting you to have life and have it to the full may sound like I want you to have an abundant life and have everything you want. And um, some translations actually use the word abundant. Yeah. So what is, what does that look like? Uh, what, well, first of all, what does it look like from a worldly perspective to have abundance? 
Money. Money. I mean, pretty much. Sometimes it's friends, like the amount of people that you know that are like, you know, successful. Sometimes right. people find that as abundance. But overall, I think a monetary is is a main motivating force in our consumer society, especially right. in America. Yeah, I was going to say in America, but yeah. we're all encouraged to do everything we can to make more and to do more and to produce and those kind of things. And those aren't bad things, but uh, maybe that's not the, the best thing. Yeah, I think of like, uh, you know, abundance can come in the form of just like the way that society currently is telling people like this is what it should look like to to be a family or this is what this should look like. And they, you know, put on certain constructs onto what life as an American or life as a, you know, healthy individual or whatever. And everyone has a descriptor or whatever. And I think that kind of changes for some people, you know, depending on who they're looking to. Um you know, the people that they see on social media, the people they see, you know, the influencers that they're like interested in and kind of being like, that's what I want. Like, I'm interested in that. It's like, yeah, you might have similar interests, but like, that's going to be a hard pursuit, you know, if you're trying to get everything this person has. I think that's the key. It's going to be a Honestly, hard pursuit. It works in the Christian world too, because even on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, there's all these like, you know, Christian inspirational speakers and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I was as devout as them. Or I wish I prayed as much as them, you know, like wish I knew as much as the Bible as they know. So it, I mean, the comparison game goes all different ways. Just because you're Christian doesn't mean you're exempt from feeling inferior because of what you're presented with. Yeah. And let's, and let's be, I'll be honest for myself. I certainly, I don't want to set up an an us versus them. Um, You know, they chase after money or, or success or whatnot. I want those things too. Uh, I also value having a paycheck and appreciate when it gets larger and all those sorts of things. So. (laughs) And you like a newer car and a bigger house. And I do like all those things. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, At times the bigger house feels like a little bit much to clean. So sometimes you wish you had a smaller house, but Hey, or hire a cleaning lady. That's what a lot of people do. <laughs> also, and, and I think that's part of like when we talk about abundant life and, and happy life, it's it's having those sorts of things too, of, of um, living a living the good life means doing less work. I bought a robotic vacuum cleaner this year. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Make it easy on myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are good. If you've ever used one, you know it's actually not. But I was going to say, I was real excited about my robotic vacuum until I realized that it doesn't actually work very well. And I always have to, like, go save it from falling off a cliff or something. Off a cliff. There are not cliffs in my home. I don't know. Or, or toys. Like, yeah. the amount of Barbie hair that my robotic vacuum sucks up is ridiculous. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's uh, see if we can steer this back. Yeah, I, didn't yeah, so, I apologize. That's a good point is, uh, uh, we the things we think of as abundance or the good life uh, tend to not be as rosy as we think they are. I think just to be very clear, it's good and they're fun. They're great. Um, you know, I, as I said, I like my house. I like my, my, my style. I get satisfaction out of it. And yet, as Austin said, it's a hard pursuit. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's a hard pursuit is, is because there's never quite enough. Right. And so when, when might we know that a neighbor or a friend is struggling with this idea of abundance and uh, not being able to obtain that? Yeah, so what are the cues? 
yeah, what, what might be something they say that kind of sparks that? I mean, there's a lot of things that I have in my life. Like I have a lot of friends and family that's like, oh, I wish I had this or I wish I had that. And once they get into like the wish mode, like even like I wish I was skinnier, you know, I wish I had better hair, like things like that. I just know they're not in a good place. They're in a place that's searching for like the grass is greener instead of loving where they're at. Mm. Yeah, I think it, I think you know, like longing after even like the stuff. I mean, it kind of like I don't know how to like break them down into just like general like these are the points that you'll kind of hear. But some you know, sometimes it's in the form of just jealousy, like whether it's off of another neighbor or even of you. Like if you say like, oh, you know, they ask you what you were doing this weekend, you said, oh, I was on the lake on a boat. It's like, oh, I wish I had a boat. You know, just simple things like that. Sometimes you know, just that the jealousy, that longing for something. Other times it's like a disappointment or like they like downplay, um, you know, what they can give their kids. I know my, you know, I'll be honest, you know, my mom, she was like this a lot because we had some financial struggles and my mom just constantly compared, you know, to other people. And it was always like, you know, just like, I wish I, I'm sorry. I couldn't give you guys, you know, a, a better childhood. And it's like, my childhood was fantastic, mom. It happened the way that it did. And I'm still, I'm still turned out okay, at least so I think, but you know, uh, and I loved it. You know, I didn't need all the stuff that she thought we needed. Right. Huge right there. Well said. Uh, I want to say two things because I always do. Um, at least two. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like the way you guys both Aaron and Austin were heading in that, which is, um, Aaron, I forget exactly what you said that sparked this in me, but, um, you said when you hear a certain thing, then you know they're not kind of in a good place that they're searching. Um, you know, so what we're not encouraging here, what what I don't want any of our, our listeners, our, our viewers to do is, you know, if your if your neighbor is is has a new car and a new boat and he's he's happy with them, uh, it is not your job to march next door and tell them tell them that his life is empty. Um, it, and I'm, you're laughing, but it's very true, right? Like we're not. Yeah. If your neighbor's happy about his new car, just be happy with him. <laughs> yes. uh, if he if he has a new car, but you have Jesus, that's what you should say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, in both Austin and Aaron, you both kind of hit this. We're looking for that moment when those things are not satisfying. Um, Austin, I think you you touched a big one there. <laughs> Probably, especially if we have, if we have parents listening. Um, what I feel that I need to give my family, I think, is is big. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, even at our church specifically, even you can even put it down to this too. I mean, it can happen at any and every church. You know, it's not like everyone who lives in a, you know, uh, um, an affluent area, like to, that can like afford to have their kids be in aftercare and can do all this. It's not like everybody at our church is like that. It's not like our Fisher site is everybody has this money because people view Fishers as kind of a place that has money and Carmel's got old money. So like they've had money passed down from their family and whatnot. Like I'm just sort of stereotyping, I guess, maybe it's a bad way to go about this. But my point being that there are people though, um, like amongst communities of people who have supposedly everything, there are people who then say that they have nothing or people that even sometimes we are susceptible to view them as having not as much, you know? Yeah. There was a interview with Celine Dion one time (laughs) dating myself, I'm sure, but um, she was interviewed and they were talking about how um, her family was really poor when she was growing up. And she said, 
well, we didn't have any money, but we weren't poor. Because the way that she presented it was she didn't know as a kid that they didn't have any money. You know what I mean? She didn't know where the food was coming from and all of that stuff. So as far as she was concerned, she had a very rich childhood. So mm-hmm. in her recollection, re-stereotyping it as she was not poor when she was little, she was very abundant in the things that kids want, you know, time and playing and having fun and exploring, you know, those cost nothing. <laughs> well, my mom and my mom and dad, when I asked my mom wanted a Ferrari, they got me a pack of gum and I was happy and thought it was just as good as a Ferrari at the time. Money was Right. I yeah. know. So just one more thought that came to mind about kind of how do we, how do we recognize this, this uh, hard pursuit of abundance, this difficult road of chasing after abundance. Um, and we've talked a little bit about, about what might be the conversational cues, right. But um, maybe not so much what, what is said as, as what, as what, what is done um we all know that there's and maybe some of us experienced this uh along the same lines of what i feel like i should give my family right um the neighbor the co-worker the 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 family member who is uh constantly on the go constantly has practice this sort of practice in that camp and and this vacation trip and 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 what is all that saying without without saying it to me it says they have to be busy to be happy mm-hmm. and, and they're just trying to fill their life with everything i need something more my yeah. my family needs something more mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. from a lot of ways that that is uh they think it's going to make their life better by adding more but in fact it's actually making it harder on them and making them have more strained relationships because they don't have time to just be together and enjoy each other. Okay. This is what Jesus meant when he said the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. Right. Um, right. And he does it through that exact sort of, that exact sort of um, lie, frankly, <laughs> that says you need something more. But in fact, the pursuit of more is actually taking in, in, in seeking to have a, 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 a bigger influence in seeking to have a, a more things. I actually have less Mm-hmm. My world is smaller and my time is more, more strained and my relationships suffer. Uh, so, I have to say, there's a lot of parts of the Bible that I did not fully understand until I became a parent. And this is one of them. Like when I try and think of God as my father, you know, like I can't give my kids everything they want. Like if I gave them as much candy as they wanted, they would have no teeth and they would be like 700 pounds. You know what I mean? And so it kind of makes me think like, God's not giving me everything I want because he knows it's not good for me, mm-hmm. you know? So that type of abundance is not good for anybody. Like doing everything that you're, you want or that you should do is never good, you know? And so that, yeah. that kind of leads to the question, what, what is the abundance that Jesus has to offer? Uh, if it's not getting everything you want, what, what does it look like to receive abundance from Jesus? Love grace forgiveness well, I like we're nodding <laughs> <laughs> i think uh i think even for me like you know thinking of like the thing that i like my love language is like mostly time like time is like one of my top ones and like thinking into the context of my childhood and this whole thing of like the financial struggles my my family came into 
you know, later when the economy like just went down that, um, <laughs> that, uh, sorry for those of you who can't, uh, <laughs> can't see this because you're listening jason's in uh, one of the rooms at uh, the fisher site and the automatic lights turned off on him so he has to get up and start waving his arms it's really funny anyways uh anyways but like you know the um you know a lot of times like just my parents just giving and just having time for us to hang out with us like just to do something as a family just made everything else like create you know like crazy like fun and you know enjoyable i mean we were to the point where we had the electricity turned off on us a few times. And what I always remember of it was just like putting on like, you know, like some candles in the family room and we'd all have a sleepover in the family room that night. And just like, kind of like the things that came out of it. And my parents, you know, would, you know, obviously have to have, you know, conversations with each other, but then they'd come back and we just try and make the best of everything. And it just always, it always stuck with me. So what stuck with you was presence. Yeah. What felt, what felt abundant about that, even as you lacked a lot of things was presence. Is that fair? Absolutely. All right. So how do we, how do we, I'm just going to be very blunt. How do we Jesus that? I mean, Jesus is with us like through everything. I mean, like you're, you're gonna, there's going to be people who are going to have that crazy lifestyle still. There's going to be people who, you know, their kid might be really good at soccer, might really love soccer, and they have the ability to give that to their kid, which is not a bad thing, but it's that when things seem crazy or when it seems like it's not enough, like, like Jesus is there with them. Like Jesus is there to love on them and tell them that they're enough and that they're good parents. And you know, that this, this is what you need. You're already fulfilling this, whether you're crazy busy and giving your kids all this stuff or, you know, going, getting them to do all the sports they want to, or whether you're stuck at home in your family room with the power off and all you have is just a light on, you know, it's, there's, there's a a lot less that we can live on. Okay. I I hope uh, listeners, viewers, I hope you, you paid close attention to that because Austin just did something really helpful there, uh, which is to talk to us in pretty, yeah, you (laughs) (laughs) in 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 pretty common pretty simple language about about god who is there with us even when we don't have enough when we don't feel like we're providing enough and i think there's there's language in there that certainly i could feel comfortable saying to my neighbor about the god who i know the god who i believe walks beside me and 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 stays there even when i'm not feeling like enough And like, I have that specifically, you know, as a stay at home mom, it's just me and a two year old right now. And so I don't get to talk to adults a lot. So the the comfort of being able to talk to Jesus, like, because I know he's here and he's talking to me. um, That's, I mean, somebody else to talk to that's not yelling at me for snacks. So it's nice. (laughs) Aaron, when you were talking earlier about uh, becoming a parent and seeing that through this conversation through a new lens, uh, that made me think about how God's relationship with us as a father, um, like, like for example, you, as a good father, you wouldn't give your kids bad things intentionally. Um, if your kids ask for something that they really want uh, and you think it would be a good thing for them to have, you want to give it to them. And it, it seems like that's how God is with us. If we ask him for things, he wants to give us good things. Um, and again, like you said, he, he knows when it's not actually a good thing for us. And maybe that's when 
won't give it to us. Um, but he right, is like, a good... my mom's been praying to win the lottery for the last uh, 50 <laughs> years and it still hasn't happened. So she just keeps yeah. saying, God doesn't want me to win the lottery. <laughs> well, you have to buy the tickets first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> True. No, she does. <laughs> oh, that's where I messed up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, any uh, any closing thoughts on how we might share this um, good abundance from Jesus with our friends? Yeah, I think we want to. I, I want. I I want to try again to say kind of what it is. Yeah. What is the what is the thing that we are that Jesus offers us that we could offer to our neighbors? And I'm not quite. I'm, I'm not really asking you all to help me uh, get there. <laughs> I'm I'm not quite there yet. Well, I think like what Austin was saying, there's a lot of Jesus in giving like services and time to people, because especially in the society and the culture we live in, time is such a commodity. Like it's not something that you can make more of like money. So just giving your time to a neighbor or somebody that's suffering or going through stuff, I think that's a good way to show that this is abundant. This is abundantly that I'm giving you all of this time that I have, you know, and a way to show God's love too. I think that's one of those things that like, you know, as we are given whatever we see Jesus has given us, like that abundance is meant to be shared with other people. Like, you know, the abundance is not meant to be kept to ourselves. You know, we're given this, these things, you know, if you're able to pay for you know, a nanny or an au pair or a maid or whatever, somebody who can come and clean your house, you know, whatever that is, that means that then by you not having to do that, you're able to A, pay somebody, you know, to, you know, pay for, you know, give them a, a paycheck as Jason so echoly put earlier. But uh, then you're also able to maybe, maybe that gives you free time to be able to go and spend time with other people and like sit down with that neighbor. So I think it just kind of is looking at like using what you're given that the abundance in whatever form or fashion that's, that is for you, you know, giving that, you know, as a way to share with those people, you know, because we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ. And so I think quite literally that, you know, is literally use what you've been given. (laughs) Yeah. Very good point. And abundance is such an arbitrary thing. Like for some someone, having a thousand dollars is abundance. Um, for others, having a million dollars is abundance, and it, it's all based on your own contentment. Um, and I think by growing in your faith and growing in your relationship with Jesus, you can become more content with what you have, uh, which will in turn make you feel like you have an abundance. We talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess ask one question though I and mean, maybe this is just take the conversation too long so if it does just shut me down but is there a difference or do you feel that there's a difference between abundance and excess yes and what would you uh, say that? well because jesus is promising he wants us to have life of abundance uh, therefore there is something good that he's offering us there uh, he would not offer us a life of excess that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, I don't know why I'm being so blunt today. 
No, I mean, that was basically, I just did a, I just did a, you know, Jason read my mind question. I was just kind of, I kind of was thinking that myself, but you kind of got it. So your point, Austin, though, that you had said earlier is that if you have abundance, then if you have excess and it's flowing over, you're supposed to give that to other people. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't just hold the cup that's overflowing, like go and fill up somebody else's cup. You know what I mean? So I think if you have excess, then you have too much and you need to share some. I think that's where like I, I heard excess and thought of it real quick and just wanted to kind of make the point because we talked about like all the stuff and sharing the stuff that to me, it seems like, you know, excess is kind of the like, it, you know, yeah, like it's, it's the terminology of too much. You have more than you need. And abundance is like God saying, like, I, I want you and need you to have this because I also want you to do other things with it. You know, right. it's not like it's extra that God gave you. It's something that he gave you for a purpose. And it's just up to us to, to use that in a way that's not flaunting or, you know, selfish. Mm-hmm. So question. Because because of who Jesus is speaking to when he says the words. And he, he, he speaks to people who eventually, uh, I mean, take just his 12 disciples, who eventually uh, get killed. They, they're imprisoned and, they're, and they're, some of them are exiled and some get killed. Um, so he is not, that is, that is not a comfortable life with excess or anywhere close to it, right? And yet he promises this thing, this abundant life. So if we had to, if we had to describe the abundant life Jesus offers without referencing um, anything tangible, anything that we could have or share or get, what would it be? Eternal life seems pretty abundant to me. (laughs) Sure. I would say something like peace. Like I have an abundance of peace just because I can rely on Jesus. Okay. So there is, there is, there is something of life, something that is living that can be accessed, even if I have no stuff. Mm-hmm. And part of that is peace, right? Yeah. And part of that, as Austin's point, eternal life. <laughs> yeah. It's peace. So I, want, I wonder how we begin to point our friends and our neighbors. I mean, certainly we can talk to them about using their resources wisely, um, which is, you know, for the good of others, which you, you kind of talked about. I wonder how we begin to point them toward that thing that is, that is on offer from Jesus and that is beyond anything they could accumulate. I think part of it is uh, living a life where you are content with what you have and uh, allowing them to see that just because you don't have the newest car or the, the biggest TV, you don't need that to be happy in life. Yes, um, you're on the right track, Andrew, and therefore uh, this is what I always do when, when you're on the right track, I'm going to press you. All right, so, so you, you're living that life that's, that shows your neighbors, and everybody can think about this, you're living that life that shows your neighbors that, that you're content with the things you have. Now they ask you, so I'm your neighbor now, and I'm, uh, we're going we're gonna, to um, drink a beer around the fire pit. That's what I do in my yard. Uh, sitting around the fire pit, and Andrew, I, you, you seem different. Something's different about you. Your, your car stinks, but it's fine. <laughs> No, it does. But you're happy. That's so weird. You have a sucky car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That question, like you are, con- you seem to be more content than me, even though you have less stuff than me. Why is that? I, I think I would say for me, those things just aren't as important as 
my relationships with others, my relationship with Jesus, um, those are the things that bring me joy in life. Uh, and I know that my car is going to break down. It's not going to be the newest car eventually. Even if I buy a brand new car, the next year it won't be the newest car. Those things are fleeting. Whereas these kind of relationships between us and between me and Jesus, those last a lifetime, if not more. If not more. I love it. Uh, so your, your response is, uh, I know there's more to life. Yeah. And your neighbor is going to agree with that, right? Everybody sort of gets that. Right. And that's fine. There's common ground. What I heard you do is to put, and this is our unique opportunity as believers, everybody agrees there's more to life than my house and my car. But we have the unique opportunity now as believers to let my neighbor know that for me anyway, part of that more to life is my relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, they're going to agree about relationships with family and friends. Everybody gets that. And that's fine. We don't have to like discount that or scratch it off the list or avoid saying it. But we have that unique opportunity to, to put the and also, right? That again, even more is this relationship with Jesus. Yeah, because even your relationship with your best friend could end. Um, you could move away. Oh, yeah. You may not see each other or talk to each other as much. Go uh, whereas with your relationship with Jesus is eternal and it's never going to change because he's unchanging. Mm -hmm. I've actually had this exact conversation with somebody and I have said money and stuff is not my motivator. What God wants me to be doing is. Yep. And it's because what God wants you to be doing is what's best for your life and is going to bring you the most joy in the long run. Right. Which I know that because I'm connected, but you know, it's hard to get that point across in a small, you know, in a short way. So I just usually say money and stuff is not my motivator. Yeah. God is, you know, yeah, and I like that um, because you don't have to go into a lot of deep theology or teach them a you know a, a Bible study. You just right. say that thing, and and that lets them know too. To Andrew's point, that lets them know you're you're different. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks for indulging me and in, in pushing a little further. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I think this was a great conversation. There. <laughs> well, Pastor, would you mind wrapping us up in prayer? Yeah, I think so. Heavenly Father, thank you. For the promise of abundant life thank you for that promise that uh, whether we have a lot of stuff or we don't whether we um, feel like we are enough or we don't uh, for the promise that says we are enough in you that you offer us something more than the things we can accumulate lord help us to keep that focus in mind and even to live our lives in such a way that others might notice that in us and be be interested to ask about it in that moment lord help us with the words uh, to be able to point toward you in Jesus' name we pray that. Amen. 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 Short prayer. Why not? Yeah, that's perfect. Well, thank you guys for uh, having this conversation, and thank you all for joining us this week. Have a great week. See you again soon. Yes. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House Show. For more content like this, or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.